Welcome, everyone, to the Vintage Base Vault Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Riando, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing one of my favorite subjects vintage bases, amps, and occasionally even vintage guitars. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Vintage Base Vault Podcast, Episode 5. My guest today is Lior the owner and creator of LK Straps out of Brooklyn, New York. Lior has made quite a splash with what I consider to be an amazing idea, creating custom straps from repurposed leather. These straps are amazing on so many levels. First, the idea of repurposing a material and giving it new life is incredible. As you can imagine, getting leather from couches, bags, etc., makes each and every strap unique and one of a kind. I personally prefer the really distressed ones because they have a a vintage look and feel, and like all the LK straps, they are the most comfortable straps I've ever used. In our discussion, we learn more about Lior's start as a bassist, his mutual love for vintage basses, LK straps, and much more. I really enjoyed our conversation, and know you will as well. Without further ado, Lior. Lior. Hey. Hey, Ray Riendo. What's up, man? Of course. I'm well. How are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? I can. I was literally just uh, plugging my AirPods. Yeah, it sounds great, man. Thanks for taking the time to do this, first and foremost. Of course. Yeah. Of course, bro. I'm very excited. Well, as you know, I'm a big fan of what you do, man, and I, I'm so happy oh, to man. see the so LK much. straps, you know, really taking off. And, uh, you know, oh, after getting my first strap, I was just blown yeah. a- blown away with the craftsmanship, the beauty, <sighs> the comfort. I mean, I can honestly say, I mean, you you spoiled me. I mean, I think you make the best oh, straps God. I've ever used, man. They're they're just amazing. So first, thanks right. thanks for we that. We can man. stop there. We can stop there. What do, you, <laughs> what do we even need to talk about? It's, it's a wrap. It's, I have nothing to say. Anything I'll say on top of that, I'll I'll. <laughs> I'll ruin it for everyone else. No, I'm kidding. This is it's so kind of you to say. I really, really, really appreciate it. Great, man. Really, really, really. Well, I thought it'd be cool to start with asking you about, you know, your background in general and, and maybe how you became yeah, a bass course. player. Yeah. Uh yeah, sure. Um actually so my uncle who lives uh in Israel, his name is Dro, um, we're very, very close and he plays bass and in one time at the time he lived in Norway he came to Israel for a visit and I was I think 15 years old okay 14 and a half and we always knew in the house in my mom's house we had like the bass guitar that nobody's allowed to even touch (laughs) like nobody you know it's in the closet and it's like sacred and you know and I, I never, I didn't even know that it was a bass guitar. I didn't even know what a bass guitar was. I just knew there was a guitar in the closet. You're not supposed to touch it. Well, <laughs> it's it belongs to Dwell, and you know that's about it. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I will never forget it. It's crazy, because you know sometimes you have, you know, you have specific images and 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 small clips of memories that you will never ever ever forget. Absolutely, yeah. So so I don't know what happened exactly in, in my brain when I saw him. He he came into the room. And it was just like, oh, you know, um, where's my bass? And I was like, I don't know, the guitar is in the closet, I guess. So he opened it. It's, uh, it was, it still is. It, he still has it. It's a, a precision uh, with a jazz bass pickup. Okay. From like '85 or something. Th- those, you know, the ones that has the matching black headstock. Right. Like yeah. a rosewood neck, like super, like cool bass. Which yeah. was at the time after that, my first became my first bass. But so he he plugged it in into an Iowa stereo system, like the really, really bad sound, you know, the, the speakers were like, you know, broken and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he played and he, and he was like, Oh, do you know what this is? And I was like, yeah, I know it's a guitar. And he's like, no, it's a bass guitar. Like, oh, okay, cool. And he was like, have you ever heard someone play it? Like, no. And then he took out his, uh, Uzeb CD and put, put it in the sound system. And he played along with Alain Caron. He played um, the song, I think it was Doobie, which was like. Like a really, really cool bass line. And, and he played it very, very well. He, he is still a, an amazing bass player. But at, at the time, I was like, what the hell is going on? My whole <laughs> world was like, you know, tumbling down. 
And I'm looking at him and I was just like, what is this? This is amazing. And well, you know, he played it and I was like, that's great. And then I think maybe a month later or so, I just, uh, I remember getting back uh, to Jerusalem from a family visit with my, with my family, with my parents. And I remember my, my dad was driving and my mom was sitting next to him and I was sitting in between them. And I was just like, okay, I have to ask. I have to ask. Okay, I can ask. I can ask if I can. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, you know, you like summing up the... <laughs> and then I was like, mom, uh, dad, do you, what do you think about me maybe learning bass? The reason why I was so nervous was because I actually started playing the clarinet years ago, oh, years back, I see. and I didn't stuck to that. And then I started saxophone, and I didn't stuck to that either. And you know, all the private, the private teachers and everything, you know, the time and money. And I felt embarrassed, and I was dead sure that they would be like, "No, man, you know, <laughs> you, you know, right. two strikes, two strikes are out," <laughs> and. And, I, and they were like, yeah, of course you can play the bass. You can t learn the bass. And I was, I was like, yeah, you know, nice. went yeah. crazy. And then I started learning a little bit um, with the private tutoring, but it, it just became my whole life immediately. Immediately. It took over everything, everything. I, I remember learning uh give it away now uh give it away by red hot chili peppers yeah and i don't know if you know the music video most people do but there's you know they go crazy there and there's <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge flea fan and we can talk about that way later there's a really cool story to say about flea um but um um th there's a scene there you know in the video where where flea like plays the bass line and he's like just like a like a turkey like jumps up and down like crazy and i remembering like just mimicking it like one by one the whole music video all of his expressions <laughs> everything everything but the makeup on the face and everything that he had and that crazy crazy beautiful haircut that they made him like the spiral the spiral yep yeah which yeah. i will never forget you know yeah um yeah that was so cool man i was just you know beyond everything and you know just learning music and discovering listening to music in a different way, like listening to the bass and be able to, you know, solidate like the bass and the guitar and the drums and, and just learning going into the music world was just like, but in a different way, you know, when I learned the saxophone or the clarinet, I guess it was different. Also, you don't go and listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers when you're, when you're, um, you know, uh, when you're a saxophone player, <laughs> right? necessarily, sure. you know. So it was uh, it was pretty amazing. So that's kind of how it started. What was the what was the music just even prior to that? Like growing up, like um, you know, what kind of kind of and was your um, immediate family musicians? It's interesting that they got you playing. Actually, yeah, no, no one. I mean, my brother. My I have two siblings: older sister and an older brother. Um, and uh, my brother used to play drums, actually. Okay, but I. It's funny because today I love drums and I would love to, <clears throat> if I wouldn't be a, a bass player now, uh, I would love to be a drummer. I think that's just like my next go-to because it's just, you know, as a bass bass player, you know, bass drums, bass and drums were so connected, you sure. know, we're, we're co-dependent, co honestly, and it's just like, you know, it's a, an, an extension of you. Sure. Um, you should know, you're you're a phenomenal bass player yourself. You're great, Thank you, man. So you should know the relationship. Sure. So... Um, it's funny. I never no, no no one from my f immediate family. My cousin uh, is uh, used to play uh, piano and keys, and he was simply phenomenal. His sister actually played the flute, but nobody really. Um, I think they all kind of let it go uh, at a certain time. You know. Yeah, I had the same situation, and, and, and well, even further that no one like I really looked into it because I was curious. Like, I mean, did has yeah. did anybody play anything? And um, no one did. But I will say this: in in my household, you know, it was really cool because I, I, you know, we had music going more than like these days were TVs, and obviously we didn't have computers back then. But right. all, all the stuff yeah. there was always we. I grew up. Music was a big part of growing up. It was just always we had the stereo on, you know. And my they were just yeah. music lovers, so I heard a lot of different things, and yeah. I think that was the inspiration for just my love of music, and then eventually wanting to 
you know, be a rock star That's watching beautiful. Kiss. Well, I had that. <laughs> I had that in my house. I had that in my house with my family. Nice. We always used to have music around. We always used to run around dancing, performing, making shows. You know, I remember uh, like, you know, making a, a, a theatrical show with my siblings and having like a tennis racket as a guitar. My brother, <laughs> yeah. you know, like putting like cool shades, uh, uh, a cap and then like you know go for it and just like doing the blues like who even knew what the blues was when i was i don't know eight but um uh yeah and you know my brother built a like a guitar from lego so yeah that. it's like <laughs> i guess you know i guess it was like you no know, sm small small uh signs everywhere and you know sometimes you just have to pay attention and uh, collect the dots you know oh yeah certainly connect them yeah Okay, so how did you uh, uh, come to the states, and how long have you been here? And and uh, and I guess we could get into like I'd be curious to know like how LK Straps originated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, as you just said, you know, I, I play bass for a living, um, and at the time, I learned uh, after the army. I finished the army. I went to the Air Force Band. Okay. And as a bass player, which was incredible. Yeah, I bet. Um, it was a huge privilege to serve in the Army three years under uh, the Air Force Band and literally go to the every day uh, with a bass gig bag on my back and play bass for the Army. That was simply incredible and, and really a phenomenal experience. And I'll never, you know, exchange that in anything. So after uh, discharging from the, from the Army... Um, I went to, there's a really well-known academy school in, uh, in Israel called Rimon. Okay. And, uh, at the time, I think it still exists. There's a program where you do, uh, a BA, I think, which is a first degree or an MA, I think. Am I mistaken? I'm not sure. Um, but you do two years in, uh, in Rimon and then you do the other two years in Berkeley in Boston, oh, in Massachusetts. Okay. Yep. And then basically you finish your first degree program. So at the time I wanted to do that. And obviously you have to audition in, to, to Berkeley to, cause most people can't afford, you know, a yearly tuition. It's quite expensive. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, some, a lot, a lot of people are trying to get uh, scholarships and, and whatever. So I, I had my first audition and I got like a little less than half, which was half of, I think, thirty-two or thirty-three thousand dollars a year, not including you know dorms, not including right. books, not including anything. So to me, that wasn't it. Didn't it? Didn't it? Wasn't enough. And I was just like, okay, I'll just try to. I'll do it in in a year or two, again, thinking you know that's it. I'll, I'll be fine. And, and, you know, I'll get better and probably my audition will go better and I'll probably get a full scholarship. So, uh, a year, two years later, I re-auditioned the same department, same thing, everything. They even remembered me <laughs> and I had a good audition, but for some reason I didn't get anything like they, they, they just, I don't know. They didn't need enough people or I don't know what was the thing. Could have been fun. I didn't get anything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it's whatever. It's beyond me, but it's okay. Sure. But it was, it was a huge blow for me because I, because I really expected to at least get what I got at the time, you know, like yeah. you think sure. to yourself. Like, Certainly. Yeah. <clears throat> and also my audition wasn't really, it was, it was quite good in my opinion, at least. And, and then I talked to uh, a still good friend of mine today. His name is Uri. He's a, phenomenal bass player here he lives now in canada he so he came to the u.s a year before me and in israel i used to always sub for him for like you know music productions like big music productions and um i called him up and i was like oh man you don't know you have i i, I can tell you man i did the auditions and i didn't get anything and he was just like bro just do an artist visa do an artist visa and just come straight to New York. Don't do the whole, you know, Brooklyn, uh, um, not Brooklyn, um, Boston thing. Cause he said everyone, whoever, uh, whoever finishes at Berkeley, um, anyway, go to New York and they start all over. 
you start, you know, reintroducing yourself to, to people, you're starting with basically almost nothing. Okay, sure. you're coming with a lot of education and everything, which is great. But basically, he said, just, you know, cut that, that from your route, just go straight to New York. And to me, that was what I really wanted, thinking retrospect, you know, I was that's what I want. I wanted to be in New York. I wanted to be the next Pino Palladino, you know, like, (laughs) and, and I was like, could I do that? Do you think he's like, yeah, sure. You have a good record, you know, just go to a lawyer, you know, start, start doing the process. And I did. And I got an artist visa quite easily, uh, quite fast actually. And that's it. Uh, A few months later, I packed up literally my entire life. I you know, a base gig bag, a single, like maybe five or five, six straps that I made uh, were inside, a big suitcase, and that's it. I sold my entire apartment, like everything I had, all the speakers, my my bicycle, my everything. Everything I didn't need, I sold to, to friends and or gave away to friends and literally came with knowing one person um, and just, you know, believing that that was the best thing to do at the time. I love it. I love which, it. Which, which, uh, which I want to say that it did because it led me to where I am today, which I don't think I would ever be where I am today uh, without, you know, everything that happened, obviously. Well, there's the thing uh, that, like, uh, 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 that's a great to hear, and I think it's, uh, you know, one of those things that's kind of inspiring to other people that, you know, sometimes it takes that. It's scary, it's whatever, and, and to, to, you know, sometimes yeah. to – you have to make the big moves to get the big things. You know, you got you got to put yourself out there, and man, that that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, hey, you live once. You know, you, you got to do what you got to sure. do. You got to do what you love, and you have to do it with everything you've got. Because I really do believe everyone can do anything that they set their mind to do. You know. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent for sure. It doesn't matter where you are. You know. So you mentioned you brought. Five straps, did you say that you made? So, yeah, because okay, because yeah, yeah, because I didn't really, I I wasn't doing straps full time at all, um, at all. I was just doing, you know, a few here, a few there. I loved it, but I was mainly, you know, I was really busy being a bass player. Yeah, I was really busy like getting gigs, you know. What was the and, inception of doing like the first one? Was it just something you had an interest in making one, or like oh, what? Oh man, what... yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy story. Every time people ask me, I, I love going into this. I'll try to keep it short. But yeah, the thing is that um, so after starting playing bass and everything, um, you know, I, I, years years later, uh, I fell in love. Like when I, I think when I was like seventeen or eighteen, I, I ran across like a vintage jazz bass that a friend of mine uh, sold, and I fell in love. So I started dealing with you know like getting vintage instruments and stuff like that and he also had a, an extremely amazing bass inspired by actually Billy Sheehan like with the two outputs and okay. the humbucker and and uh, I don't know if you know that specific bass that he has oh, yeah. I literally just watched uh, that video from Scott Bass's lessons uh, yesterday that he interviews him just incredible um, and uh, he had that P bass and it was a 79 precision bass and I'm sure you know your vintage, uh, you know, and, and th- it was so heavy. It weighed like 13 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I'm not a huge dude. Like I'm fairly medium, like regular size. It was so heavy for me. I couldn't even play it standing up more than a few minutes. Yeah, that's so heavy. I, so I started just <laughs> playing it sitting down. And so that, that happened. And my grandfather actually used to work in leather. Uh, so, so... I had a few pieces of old scraps of leather under my bed, like in my room. And I just took a few pieces together, cut them very roughly, you know, trying to make a makeshift like a strap and, and put it, put it on with this, with the base. And I was stunned by how, how lighter it made the base feel immediately. It took all the weight away immediately. And I was like, okay, this feels good. It doesn't look that good yet, but it looks, it feels great. And I can actually play it standing up. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about doing anything with it. I was just like, I was just focused on the, 
the fact that I'm that I can play that bass again. The mechanics, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I didn't even care. I wasn't even thinking about it. I put two rough studs in each edge, you know, to to glue it together, and that's it. And a few days later, so obviously I kept that. And a few days later, I ran across a buddy of mine, also a bass player, in a, in a rehearsal room, in a local rehearsal room. And he saw that bass, and he, you know, we bass players, we always start talking gear and stuff. Oh, da, 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 da. And then he saw that strap, and he was like, "Oh man, that's a cool strap. Where did you get it? Where did you buy it?" And I was like, "Well, I actually made it." And he was like, "You made that?" I was like, "Yeah, you know, I had a few pieces of leather." And he was just like, we were cracking up, and he was, and he tested it, and he was like, "Bro, that actually feels great. Can you make me one?" And I was just like. Uh yeah sure I can make you one I didn't even know what you know he was like oh you have more leather and I was like sure I have more leather <laughs> I didn't have any leather I had maybe like one or two pieces I, you know and they was like great so you know we'll talk next week and I'll tell you what I want and that's basically how it started wow like that's literally how it started I was like yeah I guess I'm making bass traps now incredible that's great yeah funny that's funny great. yeah yeah. So you uh, you have quite the roster of bases that use your straps and some that you have signature models. I mean, Michael League from Snarky Puppy, Felix Pastorius, yeah. Richard Bona, yeah. Mike Bendy. I mean, uh, yeah, it reads yeah. like a who's who of my favorite bass players. <laughs> so how did those relationships <laughs> same, start? Same, same. Yeah. I could say the same. Um, how did those relations start? relationships uh, started? Uh, well, honestly, like you and I, bro, just being authentic and being who you are and approaching them talking to them and being honest and loving that's I, I know maybe it's not the answer that I didn't trick anyone I was just like you know I'm a big fan I'm doing this do you want to be a part of it no again and... I think that's important for people to hear and I figured that was the answer because I I, I know you from our relationship and that's yeah. so cool you know it's a word of mouth it's and then yeah for sure you, you know all of that and just it speaks to not only your product but it speaks to yourself as a person too. those relationships thank you, so you know thank you so much yeah definitely I can I can tell you a funny story with Felix which you know he's a close friend of mine and my wife's also today so yes we were we were in rockwood rockwood music hall in new york city in the lower east side we were at a gig that tim lefebvre had he played whose head it is i think i'm almost certain i'm sorry tim if he's listening to it and I'm, i got it wrong my bad but he had a, an amazing show and um and i actually spoke with him about a few months prior to that so i came to the show with my wife bringing him lots of straps because we were talking about him becoming you know an endorser so whatever i was supposed to meet him sure so we're we're i'm i'm inside the crowd you know with my wife and we're like enjoying the music and i have a backpack full of straps like 10 straps really cool straps that he designed himself it was really cool with coltrane picture and his band logo and van halen logo and like lots of stuff really cool stuff and um and I'm looking to my right, and I see Felix. Now, obviously, I don't know him, um, but I know him. I don't know him personally. I know his face, obviously. You know, I know his dad, whatever. And I'm looking at my wife, and I'm like, you know, I'm like giving her the shoulder, like the the elbow, like, babe, babe. You know, we're in the middle of the show. I'm not, I'm not trying to cause a scene. I'm like, babe, look, look, it's 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 Felix Pastorius. <laughs> and she she obviously because. She's my wife, and she's an incredible person. She knows all the bass players, all the roster, everything. She knows all the instruments, all the companies. She's like a master. This is amazing. So she's like, she knows who I'm talking about immediately. So she starts freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, you have to talk to him. Oh, my God. No, no, no. And I'm like, babe, chill. Like, we're in the middle of the show. She's like, no, no, you have to. I don't know. Don't, no, don't, don't go talk to him. I don't know. Maybe he's not approachable. And I was like, babe, he actually seems like a really cool dude. Let's just... Don't worry. And she's like, no, no, no. But what would you say? What are the, you know, like we're going crazy. And, yeah. and again, we're in the middle of a show. We're standing in front of Tim. And Rockwood Music Hall is not a huge place. It's not like, you know, the opera or something. You can talk quietly on the side. Like we're in the middle of the crowd starting to like <laughs> not argue, but like, you know, passionately talking about me approaching Felix. So, uh, you know, the show is over. 
And, you know, I went to Tim and I said, hi, 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 and this, that. And then I, you know, Felix is leaving. He said hi to, to, to Tim, to all of his friends. And he's, you know, starting heading to the door. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I have to do this. He's just a human being. You know, the worst I can get is a no because I'm already at a no, which is basically my philosophy to life about these things. And sure. I can share yeah. it later. But but basically, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I approach him and I'm super nervous and I'm like sweating and like, you know, like all over the place with a backpack full of heavy like straps. So I, I'm like introducing myself. Hey, Felix, what's up, man? I'm a huge fan of yours. My name is Lior. I'm a bass player from Israel. He was like, oh, hey, dude, what's up? And I was like, whoa, this dude is like really cool. He's super nice. And we just started talking. And and this is something that, you know, I've been asked a, a, a few times and I, I, and I still find it mind-blowing that top, top, top bass players, like the most professional bass players, I find don't put enough attention, don't give enough attention to their actual strap. You know, like they, you know, you buy an instrument for so much money and then you play it on with a strap that just, you know, whatever the company is, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if it's made out of leather. It just made, just don't, the most important thing is how it makes you feel. People are actually unsatisfied with their straps and they're not even trying to, you know, change that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so why I'm saying that is that, you know, I started talking to him and I was like, I know you have a great strap. I know you love it. I'm sure you're great. You know, I'm sure you're really comfortable with it. And he was just like, oh, you know what? Actually, I could use a, I could use an upgrade. And I was like, what? You mean like you're not comfortable? And he was like, no, I'm comfortable, but you know, I could use an upgrade. My, <laughs> my, you know, he plays a Fodera, incredible Fodera bass. It's quite heavy, you know, and he's a big dude, but still, you know, he plays every night. Yeah, it's very taxing. Yeah, so, sure. Yes. So, so I was like, really? She's like, yeah, can I, can I see some of the straps? And I was like, yeah, I made Tim a few of them. You can check it out. And literally the, the week later, he gave me his phone number. And I was like mind-blown by, by the whole interaction. A week later, me and, me and Leah, my wife, we were at his apartment you know, custom making uh, straps for him, for all of his bases. Excellent. I, you know, I send him some pictures. He chose a few. We went down to the street. We actually made a really cool photo shoot, and, which was really funny because he, he, you know, all of his bases are incredible, like yeah. also very expensive. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was so chill about it. He, he gave me, me and my wife, like, we went down to the street. And he was like, oh, yeah, you just, each of you just grab one base. And I gave like Leah to hold like a really amazing uh, Warwick bass, and she was like, "Babe, I don't want to drop it. I'm so afraid." And I was like, I'm, "You don't want to drop it? I'm holding his Federa. Are you kidding?" We were like tiptoeing, and he was like, "Yeah, I just put it on the wall." He was super chill, super cool, as he is as a person, and yeah, you know, um, that's the story with Felix. And then you know, he has his artist model, which is really cool with that those faces. And yeah, I mean, you know, I'm very, very, very blessed to have him as as a friend and as a loyal, um, you know, artist in my in my roster. That's it's pretty amazing thinking about it now. Yeah, he's great. I met him briefly at one of the Nam shows, and uh, you know, I've I've followed him for a long time. And and the thing yeah, that strikes sure. me about him that you know, he didn't rest on, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like when you're the son of somebody that prolific, you know, Jocko, sure. it's like, how do you create your own identity? And I really feel, uh, yeah. obviously he has, which is just amazing because it would have been yeah. easy for him to, you know, out of all the guys that have cloned his dad and he could have kind of just kind of, you know, went that route and like, it's my dad and I, you know, I can just, you know, do what he did, but he's, he's really taking that and then, you know, you can hear that, which is great, and the influence, um, and, yeah. and then his own thing on top of that, which is amazing. Yeah, such, sure. such a great player. Yeah. I think it's it's very hard not to try to clone um, who, who, who Jaco was, you know, in, in general. Absolutely. Um, but I, I really do believe that I don't want to get into, like, you know, feelings and stuff. That's not, you know, that's beyond me. That's obviously, it's also, I don't think it's my business talking about him sure. when he's not around. But I, I do think that 
every person, every musician starts by cloning a lot of people and then they add themselves into it and then that becomes them. 100%. I really don't, you know, yeah. that's what I really feel about it. And I think it's there's nothing wrong with cloning because you're just getting inspired, you know? Yes. As as an artist in general, as a musician, as a dancer, as as a, anything, yes, you know, you definitely. you admire other people. You start doing your thing because you saw I started cloning my uncle who cloned Alain Caron and and other bass players, etc. And so, you know, here I am and here you are and, you know, that's I think that's just a part of the process, you know, and I think it's very healthy. As long as you find yourself, I think uh, I think that's okay. Absolutely. <clears throat> hey, I wanted to ask you when you were talking about that, so sure. a question came up that I was thinking about. Have you sure. had any of the people that you work with, whether, I mean, it could be anybody that you've done straps for that have given you uh, any insight to what you're doing? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, just yeah, as definitely. players, the feedback I'm sure you get is, you know, definitely, cool. definitely, definitely. And that's a great question. Um. Well, I mean, I'd like to think that I am trying to um, get better and improve with time all the time. I, re I I never think, oh, that's it. That's enough. Like I always think what can make it more comfortable or in general as a, as a musician, as a person, excuse me, and as a, as a strap maker. I never, you know, I, I never sit down and thinking, okay, that's it. I'm good. Right. I can just, you know, continue doing what I'm doing. And, um, and the big part of the custom made that I offer is that my, even if I would have done that, my customers don't allow me to do that, which is incredible because everyone has their own requirements and everyone, and we can talk about that in a few, but everyone, you know, every person, every customer asks me for a, a, a slightly different thing in their strap, which makes me, you know, um, have to become as creative as them, which sometimes it's really hard um, to, 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 to create whatever they want. Um, so to me, so w when I first started, for example, I, uh, I only, I think I only made two layers of leather. Okay. And I, I haven't, you know, today it's it's more of a three layers one uh, straps. I remember, uh, I, I, for example, I I didn't stitch the the pinhole area around this around the strap where you where you put the pin, the first pin, sure. the top pin of your. I didn't stitch around it, for example. And then what would happen? You know, it's leather, it stretches. You know, people sweat, people move it around. It started to like stretch a little bit. Yeah, get warm. And I, I, I distinctly remember um, actually with Richard Bona, which um, you know he has like one strap. And uh, at the time, I came to a few of his shows, and I remember him telling me, "Oh, you know, if you'll do this and this and this, that you're that that that's all I need from you." That's what he said. Like I, as a as a bass player, I would like to have that strap, but with these improvements. And at the time, I wasn't even thinking about those specific things, and and you know that that really helped me out. Which it's funny because it's very generic. It's not like a revolutionary ideas. He was just like, oh, you should also do that, and also this and this and this. And another thing Richard actually helped me with was at most of the straps at the time, the you know my logo really uh, shifted. You know, it, 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 at first it was a small like stamp, like a like a rubber stamp okay. with ink, oh, and it was right. also it was it was only inside the suede part, and it was all the way in the back. You couldn't have known, like it just would have looked like a regular leather strap. And then it became um, a big LK that I used to hand like cut cut it by hand, which was horrible. It took <laughs> so long. And, um, you know, then sew it, glue it. And then Richard actually at, um, I think maybe two and a half years ago or so, or two years ago when I, when I met him at NAMM and, uh, and I gave him another strap and stuff and he was like, but where's the LK in the front? And I was like, no, it's in the back. Cause I felt uncomfortable. Honestly, I was in my head. I'm like, I don't want to impose people, you know, I don't want to, to make people 
feel like they have to have, you know, the logo in the front. I felt uncomfortable. And he was like, yeah, but how will people know right. immediately that it's an LK strap? And I was like, well, they have to look in the back or they have to ask you. And he was like, but that's not happening a lot. And you need to put your brand in the front. You have to be proud. You have to this. You know, we had a conversation. And I was like, okay, I could really try that. And I was really hesitant, honestly, because most of my customers, they had the straps where the LK was in the back. And, you know, making such a shift, you know. And I still do have a few customers that every now and then when they order a strap, they're like, I like the whole strap the way it is, just maybe if you can put the LK actually in the back. And I was like, that's fine. That's not sure. fine. But yeah. now now in the website also, everything is updated. And, you know, it's like that's the way it is now. Um, and I think, you know, I think I earned it and, um, Absolutely. and I think it looks, I think it actually looks cool. It looks cool because a lot of, like I said, um, you know, every strap is completely custom made. Um, so you can decide on every single detail, whether it's the thread color, which I like to say, I have all colors. Now I buy it all the time. I love buying and looking for new threads, exciting threads. Um, you can choose the, obviously the color of the strap, you can choose pigments on the strap, uh, and you can choose the, the LK logo color. So I have a lot of customers who actually are like, oh, I want a black strap, but the LK do it like rainbow colors. And then it comes out so unique and you're like, where do you even see things like that? Where people are playing around the logo. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I don't think so. Now you, know? you say that, and and that on top of just the straps themselves being each individual, you know, and original, not two two are the yeah. same, and you know, and I love the, the other thing. I definitely want to mention because that's the thing. Uh, one of the things I was very very impressed with <clears throat> when I when I came across your straps is just you know the fact that it's repurposed leather. Like you get that yeah. from, uh, I mean, you can speak to that like couches and you know. Seeking yeah, out, of you course. know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. Basically, um, repurposed is to basically to repurpose something is to take material from any item and reuse it to create something that is new. Okay, so personally, I get my leather only from secondhand goods, uh, like you know, like old couches, chairs, clothing, even anything that is old and that has leather and that I like and that I see a potential to make a strap from, I take it, Excellent. I buy it. Excellent. And I, I, I never source my, my leather directly from, you know, tanneries and uh, tanneries or any other leather manufacturers. That is something that I, you know, I swear not to do and it's not happening. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's the repurposed leather. And the thing is that <clears throat> besides the fact that you know if i take leather from a whole couch there are many different sections of the couch you know there's the section when people sat the most people stretch their feet um people put their heads on their arms on and there's the back section which is always on tap untouched because right. you know right. nobody touches it it's in the back so it's pretty amazing to create a strap uh, assembled by all those pieces and seeing it, how it, it, it just becomes something new. <laughs> right. And it's just amazing. Yeah. And it it awesome. fascinates me also. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the whole uh, story about, I mean, if you want, I can just tell you real quick how I got into it at the time when I, when I started making straps, I used to go to, cause I, you know, I didn't even think about getting straps from couches, like leather from couches. I wasn't even aware of the fact that I can, do that and also in israel there aren't a lot of couches in the street as in new york city or other you know countries or cities you know today in new york city i walk around in brooklyn there are a lot of couches outside you know nice. uh, waiting waiting for me a uh, lot of opportunities <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and uh i used to i used to go to this uh, leather store uh, it was a really nice gentleman at the time, you know, we just started meeting, uh, we just met and we became really close friends. He, he, uh, he's making, um, leather belts, basically anything from leather cuffs, um, bags, um, what, you know, mainly like 
stuff like that. A lot of belts, a lot of stuff. And he had, he always used to have uh, bags uh, full of scraps that he didn't, you know, you, you know, you make a, a bag, or you make a, a, a leather belt or something, you take a piece of it and you throw away some of the piece because sure. you can't use all of it. So he used to just have big, big, big bags of just scraps. And I remember just starting into, you know, getting into the leather world, just went past by his store, looking at the stuff, you know, being intrigued by what he's offering. And I just went in, we started talking. And then I looked at the, you know, on, on your way out next to the door, next to the entrance, there were all those bags piled up. So I just remember one time going out uh, and seeing it. So I asked him, oh, what is that? That's trash. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm selling it for like, you know, very cheap. And I'm like, all this leather? And me thinking that's that's a, you know, treasure, thinking about the <laughs> sure. pieces I had under my bed. And that's price. I was like, Do you, maybe I can grab. So he's like, yeah, grab it. Just like buy it for, I don't know, whatever, 10 bucks. So I grabbed it and went home, took out everything, you know, um, and then assembled stuff slowly, slowly and slowly. And then uh, I just remember one time walking around in, uh, in Tel Aviv in Israel and uh, I just walk around the street um, on my way to meet some friends, stumbled in a huge leather couch in the street, sitting down, you know, for the trash, for trash people to take it. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's a lot of leather in here. <laughs> yeah. You know, thinking <laughs> like that. So it literally just went right back to my apartment, got a box cutter, stripped it very roughly, very, very roughly, you know. And um, yeah, I guess it started then. That's cool, man. Yeah. So I wanted to mention to our viewers that you were kind enough to let me, you know, I have a uh, a few LK straps available on the Vintage oh Baseball God, website. Course. And so thanks yeah. for that. And I think they're a perfect match for the vintage instruments, you know, for anything really. Definitely. But I mean, just I agree. the look agree. and everything is so cool with those. So uh, speaking of, I know you're a fan and you've, you've talked about a little bit of vintage bases like I am. So can oh, you yeah. tell me about, yeah. about some of the bases you've had and what you, may, you might have now? Yeah, of course. Um, to all the Fender vintage uh, lovers out there, I'm a huge, huge uh, Fender geek. I am spending way more time than I should uh, looking up on Reverb, on eBay, uh, vintage bases, and uh, Craigslist, everything I can get a hold on any website to look for uh, old vintage bases because um, uh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge uh, fan of anything Fender did at the time. Um, currently, I have a lot of bases you know, going into, you know, I buy a lot, I sell a lot. Um, but currently I decided, you know, to keep my favorite bases and try to, you know, not to have like 15 bases around. Um, I have a really amazing, uh, 1972 jazz base nice. that I bought a few years back. Um, maybe 10 years now. I bought it all stock. It's completely original. Is that a maple um, rosewood I, top or maple? Top? No, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a maple rosewood. The okay. neck is rosewood. It nice. sounds phenomenal. I actually, because I, you know, came to a, a place where I knew that I'll never sell it again. The paint, uh, worn in a way that I kind of didn't like it because it was uh, it's it's Olympic white over black which was, uh, you know, they made custom-made uh, colors like that. And uh, I just decided to respray it. I know everybody will hate me for doing that, but that's just my base, and yeah, that's, sure. I'll never sell it. And I, and I wanted it to look cool, so I actually sprayed it um, over the original color with uh, glitter orange, like orange, but then glitter flakes on it. And it's super dope. I love it. Um, and it still sounds the same and nothing changed. So to whoever says, you know, oh, you changed the sound, it still sounds exactly the way it was before I spray painted it. And also I just did a really like one, you know, one clear uh, coat. I'm not like a professional uh, painter, body painter or, you know. Um, and I also have, so the, the, and then I have two really amazing, interested, uh, interesting um, P bases. 
And the first one is uh, 1974, and it's been refinished. I got it in uh, ref- with a refinished body. It has an old DiMarzio from the 70s pickup, which is which sounds incredible to me. Yeah, great. And it's pickups. funny because yeah, I love them. I, I'm a huge fan of of those pickups personally, and um, <clears throat> it's funny because how I got it. I was living in Kensington in Brooklyn at the time. And, you know, one thing that is dangerous about when you're scrolling around eBay and reverb like late hours, sometimes you're pretty tired and you're not quite yourself. And you're like, <laughs> I like this bass at 3 a.m. I'll get it. So it's funny because I saw that bass on reverb and it was on 1400 Buy It Now or Best Offer. And I was like, that's a cool bass. I, you know, it's 2 a.m. I'm, I'm super tired. I'm about to fall asleep. I was like, I'll, I, I like this bass. I'll offer him. And that was, that was a really low ball offer. I offered him $700 and I went to sleep. I was like, that's a cool bass. It's refinished, you know, not original pickup. I'll probably have to, you know, get a, an original pickup, whatever. 700 send offer, turning off, turning on the, off the lights, going to sleep, thinking, He's going to laugh, obviously decline my offer. And in the morning I wake up to, you know, that message, congratulations, wow. <laughs> you know, the, offer, the, the seller accepted your offer. And I'm, and me thinking immediately, damn, what, what, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> I can't, I can't buy that base now. You know, I'm struggling for gigs. What the hell am I doing? What? And thinking immediately, like, I'll have to return it. I'll have to resell it, this and this whatever. So I paid for it and it arrived. And the funny thing is that the neck is so thick. It's so wide. Like it's really like almost like a baseball bat and my hands are not that big. So I played it. It sounded great, but I was like, okay, I'm not so sure about this, but it does, it does sound good. So I took it to a wedding gig and we started by doing the cocktail hour playing jazz tunes. So, you know, you have to play walking bass. So I'm playing walking bass and I'm struggling and I'm like, bro, this is hard. I can't, I can't, I can't keep it up, you know? And I was like, I hate this bass. I want to sell it. And I tried selling it a couple of times and nobody really wanted it. And I was like, oh my God, I got stuck <laughs> with this stupid bass. I got so upset with myself. But then something amazing happened. I don't know what. I had I have uh, also I'm writing my own music and I had my original band at the time, and we went to this to, to uh, rehearsal, and we played it live together, and the drummer was like, "Bro, that bass is amazing, don't ever sell it," and a few other bass players who tried it were like, "It's unique, don't ever sell it," and I just got comfortable with the neck. And then, you know, I just decided to keep it, obviously. And right now, it actually, I refinished it in, like, not Olympic white, but it, it is white, but like um, uh, like a matte, uh, not a matte. Um, it's, it, you can say it's Olympic white, but it's very new white. And uh, it has also sparkles on it. I'm a huge fan of sparkles, nice. of glitter and stuff like that. So it looks, it looks amazing. It sounds incredible. It's, it's not that light. But, you know, obviously right now it's not an issue with all the straps but that you, I'm yeah, making. Yeah, I was going to say, you got the myself. right strap. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can have a strap or two. Um, and then the other precision bass I have is, is just a Frankenstein bass that I assembled from really amazing uh, parts from different bases. So it's actually a 1962 precision bass body in original uh, white color, which is super worn. I think you saw a few. There's a, if you go into my Instagram, you see yeah, like, that bass sounds very it familiar. It pops here and there, yeah. Yep. And and it has uh, a 1969 jazz bass neck with matching headstock in color black, black collar, and it's all original the neck, and it has old DiMarzios on it, like the other bass that I have. It has 1962 pots with the bridge, original wow. bridge and old uh, reversed um, tuners, tuners yeah. that somebody painted gold and now it's completely <laughs> worn. So it's like, you know, all over the place, but it sounds just, it, these are my favorite, favorite basses. And uh, 
yeah, that's basically what I have now. I have my my uncle's fretless bass and Ibanez musician model from the '80s. That sounds phenomenal. Um, and yeah, you know, I have the semi-hollow bass that I got a while back. It's like really cheap. That like a cool Hofner sound, like you know, like a knockoff uh, company called Gerko or something like that. You know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, but they sound good, you know. So yeah, that's that's basically what I have at the moment, and that that those those instruments stay; they don't go anywhere. Those Fender ones. Yeah, I'm a huge huge fan. Yeah, huge when fan. you find the ones that are working for you and speak to you, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. If it works. Don't don't fix it if it works, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, do you yeah. have any uh, new projects or items coming up for LK Straps? Um, yeah, there are. I'm, man, I am, I can't even believe when I'm thinking about it. There are a few things that I'm, I can't talk about yet that are going to be released uh, very, very soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, but the things that I can talk about is um, a few really amazing artists that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to have starting using my straps. Uh, one of them is a wonderful bassist uh, named Nicole, uh, Nicole Raw. And she's uh, playing bass at Panic at the Disco. Love that band, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. And she's just the sweetest creature <laughs> ever alive. Like, we started talking. And she, you know, that's just something I really want to, whoever listens, um, this is something that I learned, and I, I, I really swear by it. Just if you see people that you like, just talk to them. They want you to talk to them. If, don't be afraid of anyone at any status, at any situation, because we're all human beings and we're all, we all, we're all approachable. And some who are less approachable, okay, so, you know, don't approach them. But with Nicole, for example, you know, I approached her on Instagram. And, you know, she has like a quarter million followers. She has like 270,000 followers. And I was just like, I'll just message her because she's cool. And I'd like to make her some straps. And she replied. And now she has an artist model, which is a stunning one with a beautiful sunflower that she chose, that she designed. She sent the picture. She, everything. Excellent. And now, and now she has like four straps of mine. And that's amazing. Yeah, that is. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, that's good advice. I mean, I hear a common thread that I too go by and just kind of, you know, kind of uh, just be fearless with stuff, with the, with the way you moved, you know, have, have, you know, just empower yourself and have a really, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it attitude, you know? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's a lot of things that can stifle you and you can be, you can become your own worst enemy if you start having doubts and fear. We are when we're yeah. driven, when we're driven by fear sure that's that's just not a way to live and i'm not criticizing anyone of course i'm driven by fear sometimes you know nobody's you know perfect it's a process sure you become better but all i can say is that i approached many 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 musicians top 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 musicians and i got very few no's and a lot of yeses or at least a lot of, yeah, let me check it out. And, you know, whether they like it or not, that's a different story. But at least I got in there, you know. Yeah, certainly. It started. Certainly. And, and I really, I think that's something that also people feel from me and from, from you know, the, the strap company and the whole approach. I'm, I'm very me i'm very authentic i can't i'm not trying to bs you you know i'm not gonna be like oh you know no no no, no. i'm just like hey how are you i'm a big fan you're doing a wonderful job this is what i do what do you think yeah that's it exactly that's it that's it yeah. nothing more required be authentic sure I'm not trying to impress anyone you yeah. like it great we can talk you don't like it cool you like what you have great sure I have many like people, many famous bass players who, you know, told me, oh, you know, your stuff is great, but I'm actually using this now. And then I was like, yeah, that's great. Great. As long as you're comfortable, which is honestly what I seek with what I do. I just want 
people to be comfortable. That's all. I want people to feel comfortable. I want people to feel loved and beautiful with what they have. And I feel like what I bring to the table can, you know, help that or even improve their lifestyle and their, their posture, their back aches. A lot of people are suffering from back aches because their bases are so heavy. Oh yeah. And they don't even think about trying, you know, trying to improve that. Or maybe they did and they didn't find the sure. right, you know, sure. product. Um, but that's all I want, honestly. And a lot of people, a lot of bass players tell me, oh, you know, thank you, but I'm actually using this. And then a year later, they approach me and they're like, oh, you know what? Now I want, now I want to talk about straps. So, so, you know, there are no rules. Just, just be yourselves. Don't, don't be afraid Absolutely. Um, to approach people. Uh, you know, people are, if, if you're, if you'll be authentic, I, I think most people will notice that, you know, and that's, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I totally agree. 100%. Um, I wanted to ask you because you brought it up earlier, and I want to bring it back around here before the end. Sure. Here, I wanted, I wanted to. You alluded to a, a chili pepper story. <laughs> I'm a big fan of. of, of <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, so so that's that's a that's a that's a really to me, it's just a beautiful thing that I'll always treasure that happened. Um, okay, disclaimer: I just want to say, like, I don't know if he's he's ever going to use the straps I made him, but I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge flea base, uh, flea fan. I'm a huge flea fan a red hot chili pepper fan. I know all the songs. I have all the CDs. I have all the music. I bought everything. I love them to death. And literally when, I don't know whoever to, to, uh, chili pepper fans out there, when my wife made a funny video, I think it's on Instagram actually, or maybe it's in story somewhere, but, when John Frusciante, before COVID, unfortunately COVID happened, um, when he rejoined the band. Yeah. Right now, I don't know if you're aware of it. You know, he went yes. out, he, he quit. Yep. Yeah. So when he rejoined the band and I saw it, I started crying. That That's how much I love him and, and them and what they do. So um, from excitement, of course, crying like, <laughs> you know, that I'll be able to see him live. And sure. then, you know, COVID happened. So not, not anytime soon, probably. But... Um, so I'm just, you know, in my house and walking around, um, it was nighttime. I go on Instagram and I see on Flea's, uh, story, obviously I follow him on Instagram that he's going to sign his book that he just wrote at the time right? Yeah. on bars, on bars and nobles in Manhattan the day like the next day. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, holy bejesus, like, what the hell? I have to go. First of all, I have to go. I have to see him because I love, you know, I wanted to buy the book as it is. And it's a pre-sale. I think it's a pre-order. You can buy it there. And I'm thinking, this is my shot. Like, I will never get close to him, you know, with, I, I always wanted to make him straps. So I literally stayed up all night haven't slept a minute i you i made him three in my opinion very beautiful unique straps one of them was a uh like a laker straps like it was all purple with yellow purple. lk yeah and then i made him like one generic one like a really solid like you know toned down like black i think it was either dark i, I was it was like dark gray or black with black lk you know not to pop out too much and i made him a beautiful um spray paint uh strap that actually my wife made the palette because now my wife is doing her own thing with the leather which is incredible um but she made like a spray paint palette that i really liked and i was like can i use it and she's like yeah of course of course so i made him three straps and i went uh early, oh so i called bars and nobles that that evening i was like so the book signing is at one what time do you think i should arrive and they're like bro, people are going to be here from 5 a.m. Like with, with tents outside. Wow. What are you talking about? I, I was bet. like, okay, <laughs> because I really, and, and they closed the shop at like, they closed the whole thing at three. So you he only had like two hours. So me thinking, okay, I have to do this. Woke up really early, like a good, you know, a good soldier waking <laughs> up early, like a good boy, went 
to Bars and Nobles uh, with the with the plastic bag with straps inside with business cards and everything. Um, waited, I think seven or eight hours. Uh, really, really early in the morning. Uh, wait online. Uh, met a really cool dude there. We started talking. He was super nice. Uh, we're actually still in, you know, we chat every now and then on Instagram about Chili Pepper stuff. Obviously, he's a big Chili Peppers uh, fan. And he was just so nice and kind and, like, embracing. And he was like, you can do it. You, you know, he was pushing me. Because, you know, like, you know, I had also moments where I was like, oh, man, well, what am I doing? I'm not going to give him straps. He's going to laugh in my face. Like, he, he can get anything he wants. But but he was like so kind. He was like, no man, those straps are dope. You can do it. You can, you know. He was pushing me, and it was That's so great. nice. And that was literally what I needed. And then you know, I remember when Flea came out of the, the taxi, and everybody's like starting to yell, and and and, woo, and everybody's like, it was like whistling and jumping up and down, and people are going crazy. And he went into Bars and Nobles, and then I went inside and went inside the the and me thinking like what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And then I was like, you know what? I'll just be, you know, very like short and sweet. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are, you know, harassing him with lots of stuff that he, he's probably too busy even listening. You know, he ha- I'm sure he has a lot of it on his mind and he's also just a, one person. You know, it's a lot of burden to carry on your shoulders being who he is. Sure. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to like make him like stand off like i just like i approached him i gave the book obviously i bought the book i was really excited about it and i read it. it's incredible um and uh you know i gave him the book and he was signing he asked to whom and i said to lior and he was like oh cool how do i spell it l-i-o-r great and then i was like flea like you're my hero i love you you literally saved my life with your playing with everything i made these for you like and then i took it out and, and he was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Bass uh, straps, bass straps. He was like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, yeah, I made them specially for you. You know, whatever you do with them, you choose. You know, I just it's a it's it's my gift to you Beautiful. to show my appreciation. Yeah. And he was like, thank you so much. And then, you know, his manager put it aside like to them with probably all the other stuff that he got from other people. And that's it. Um, obviously, I, I haven't heard. Uh, and I had my business cards there and stuff, but it's okay. You know, just knowing that he has them, uh, it's pretty cool. And maybe, maybe it sits down with one of his bases in the studio. I don't yeah. Know. You never know. Maybe man. one day, maybe one day he'll perform with it. But, but it, it feels um, good to give back in that way, you yeah. know, because I, yeah, I, you know, yeah. That's... Yeah. That was the whole story. So I'm sorry to disappoint to whoever, uh, was, uh, anxiously anticipated to hear that maybe he's using them. He's not currently, which is, which is great. It's fine. Um, it would be. It would have been too perfect if you would be like, and that now that's his new straps. <laughs> like no, <laughs> yeah. no, man, no, <laughs> not not yet, not yet at least, not yet. Maybe one day. Yeah, I'm a big fan as well, and I, I saw them in the early '90s, and then um, I saw them on their most recent tour because my son became, who's 14, became a huge fan. So it was so cool to take my son and be yeah. with him and. To, you know, to... so he saw them with 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 the new guitar player Josh. Correct. Which yes. Is now, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a huge Forciante uh, fan, John Forciante. Oh, yeah. to Whoever doesn't know that era, everything he's done with guitar him. player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but John Forciante also has incredible solo artist. Uh, I do. Albums. Yeah. yeah. I have I have them all, and I'm a huge Frusciante fan. I'm, I love everything he does. I heard all the interviews. I, uh, everything about him is inspiring to me. I'm a really big fan of his. Um, and I swore one day that, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just see him and just tell him how I feel about him because I'm a huge fan. That's yeah. great. Yeah, they're, I, I guess they're moving forward with the record. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing yeah, the new yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That is um, very exciting to me that they're writing new stuff right now. Um, I'm sure millions of people around the world are, you know, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and uh, I just hope, you know, they keep – I know they keep themselves safe with everything with COVID. And, sure. Yeah, yeah it's, pretty, it's pretty tough. So, Lior, how do people find you, and what's the best way to kind of uh, to order a custom strap from you? What's... Um, I think the easiest would be, I would say, Instagram. Okay. If you just go on Instagram and you click uh, LK Straps, LK, and then just the word straps, 
um, you'll find me. Um, you can also go to my website, which is just www.lkstraps.com. Um, you can private message me um, on Instagram. You can private message me. You can contact me through the website as well. Um, most people, I find the, the majority of the traffic is on Instagram. Um, for prices and stuff like that, go to the website. Um, for private inquiries about custom-made stuff, you can contact me in private and I'll give you a quote. Um, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. Well, thanks so much for doing this, man. I, I really appreciate Thank your time. You. And uh, like I said, Thank a huge you. fan Thank of you. your stuff and uh, very happy for your success and continued success. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so, so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And everybody, tune in. You have a wonderful uh, podcast. And I know last week you did, you had uh, Ian, uh, Ian Martin, yes. Ian Allison, uh, to, you know, in your, I, I need to, I still need to hear that. I'm a huge fan of his. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah, he's um, great. So, yeah. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And thank you. And I appreciate it so much. Awesome. Well, take care, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Hey, listeners. At Vintage Base Vault, we are committed to keeping our podcast episodes ad-free. And to do so, we depend on listener support. The easiest way to show your support is to simply hit the subscribe button. In addition to subscribing, providing a quick rating and or review will help us get our podcast out to more people. Finally, for anyone interested in sponsoring our show with a small donation, you can do so at the support link found in the episode notes of each podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners.